And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. I love the Raiders. Most of all, I love the win. You are now listening to State of the Nation with Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Nguyen, and Deshaun Reed on the Athletic Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to State of the Nation here on the Athletic Podcast Network. Jimmy Durkin, Vic Tafer, Ted Wynn, Deshaun Reed, ready to talk about the 2-1 Las Vegas Raiders, getting ready for their second home game at Allegiant Stadium, where they'll be taking on the 3-0 Buffalo Bills on Sunday. And the Raiders, uh, it's it's only three weeks into this uh, weird season, obviously no training camp and all that. This was a season that I think... There was some kind of concern that it could be an injury-plagued one for a lot of teams, and we've seen a lot of major injuries occur throughout the league. The Raiders thus far haven't had those major season-ending type injuries uh, very much, other than obviously Tyrell Williams, but just the the nagging week-to-week guys missing a month here and there injuries keep cropping up. Last week, the surprise, you know, on Friday was that Henry Ruggs was not going to play, injured himself in practice. Then, of course, uh, Brian Edwards, their other rookie starting receiver, he gets hurt in the game. Both of those guys look like they will be out this week. And then the other rookie, other first rounder, Damon Arnett, um, we know he's been dealing with the thumb. He, you know, landed really hard and awkwardly on that hand on Sunday. And now there's an apparent wrist injury. He did not practice. Rico Gafford even did not practice on Wednesday with a hamstring injury. It's taken away a, a, another receiver. There was some good news, at least. Nick Kwiatkowski was back in the limited capacity at practice on Wednesday, so maybe they get him back, but the injuries are just really adding up for the Raiders. Yeah, it's a shame because Damon Arnett was really starting to play well. I mean, just watching the tape against the Patriots, I thought he had some really good reps. He gave up one one big catch, uh, but you know, when you're playing bump-run man, that's just kind of the nature of things. I thought he just looked really strong against the, uh, against the Patriots on Sunday, and now, you know, his development is going to get a little interrupted with this injury. But, I mean, luckily, no really bad season-ending injuries yet. But it's hard to catch a rhythm with all these guys going out. I thought uh, Derek Carr had a good point today when I asked about all the injuries. He said, you know what? Nobody cares, man. At the end of the day, you're going to look at the wins and losses. No one really cares about who you had, who you didn't have. And I think that's true, you know, especially this year around the league. So many guys, like you mentioned, have gotten hurt. Raiders have used injury excuses before. So this depth is supposed to be better. Let's see it. And I think they have a good chance to bounce back this Sunday against the Bills. Yeah, I think, you know, we talked a lot about the skill position guys, but the offensive line is, is still really beat up. You know, obviously Trent Brown still being out with that calf injury. You know, Rich Incognito's on the injury reserve with his Achilles injury. You know, Sam Young, even though he, he came back and practiced last week and he practiced again this week, but he's still been limited with that groin injury. And so it sounds like they're probably going to end up with Denzel Good back out at right, right tackle again and, and a rookie John Simpson at left guard. They've held up pretty well so far throughout the season, but uh, you, you have to think that that limits the offense in addition to, you know, all the injuries that they're starting to have at wide receiver as well. It's making John Gruden depressed, Vic. He's uh, he's depressed uh, to not have his, his starting receivers. 
That's what he said today. He said it doesn't feel good when you lose those kind of guys. You lose your two starters. But he says you got to bounce. You know, you obviously got to go with what you have, and they have a lot of confidence in Nelson Aguilar. He said that several times this offseason. Probably looking at starting Aguilar and Zay Jones this week on the outside and Hunter Renfro inside. So they need Waller to bounce back from last week. But there's still a lot, you know, enough tools there that I think they should be all right. I think the, the Bills last week showed they can be run against. So I think the Raiders got to just go to their smash-mouth mentality and, and, and run the ball down their throats. The Brian Edwards injury, in a way, it might, even though I think Henry Ruggs is the better player right now, it might be more impactful just because they don't have a true X receiver you know, as a backup. Like Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar, I feel like either one of those guys can step in for Ruggs, but I don't know if they can exactly do some of the same things that Edwards was doing. I saw a little bit in the second half last week after Edwards got hurt. They start to use Waller split out wide. It's just kind of like an X receiver a little bit more, so maybe that's something that we see. But, you know, even though the Bills, you know, on paper they have a pretty good secondary, they've, you know, I think they're like 19th in yards per attempt that they're giving up this season. So there should still be some opportunities there, but um, I just don't know if they can do all the same things that they normally would with, with Edwards being up. I hate Denzel Good and uh, Simpson. Are, you know, they're playing okay, but there are times when they just give up or they get pushed back a little bit where it makes Derek Carr's job a little harder and doesn't give them an opportunity to uh, throw. And those are impactful plays. So, you know, they're holding up well for backup guys, but the offensive line is supposed to be one of the, this team's greatest strength, and they're just not playing like it right now. They're Like you said, they're holding up well, but they're not the dominating unit that we were hoping to see with the Raiders. So I think there is a chance that the Raiders could move the ball against the Bills on the ground. I mean, the Rams did pretty well. Um, so I think if they could get Sam Young back and maybe move good back to guard, I think yeah, I would like the, the, their chances against the, the Bills a lot better. You know, looking specifically at that receiver position, it, it feels like you know roster moves will probably have to happen because if we assume that Ruggs and Edwards are both out, I mean that leaves you. Know, we talk about Zay Jones, Nelson Aguilar as the starting receivers with Renfro in the slot. I mean that's it in terms of guys on the roster at receiver. Uh, only three healthy ones. Um, obviously there are a few guys on the practice squad. They added Demornay Pearson L back to the practice squad on Wednesday. Got uh, good old Alameda boy Keelan Doss. Uh, there's Robert Davis. They recently brought in. Do you guys expect that they'll probably have to make a roster? move here whether it's you know they can pull up a couple guys obviously from uh from the practice squad for the game um you know there could be a situation i, I would think where you know some of these guys uh, that are hurt are probably ir eligible so they, they do have some flexibility to, to probably bring up one if not m- probably two of those guys i would think yeah i would think the dos gets called up and i think maybe also the new guy davis so it would be also called up and but I like the idea that the Sean said about using Waller at the X and he can on, therefore give Foster Moreau some more snaps at tight end. That might be a way to go. Yeah, I think we're going to see a lot of 12, 13 personnel, especially with the, the receiver injuries. If another guy goes down too, you'll probably definitely see Waller out there at an X a lot more than usual. Getting back to the positive side, obviously we mentioned uh, Kwiatkowski was back practicing on Wednesday. Um, when we first heard pectoral injury and, and ruled out immediately in that opener, there was uh, the, the initial concern. You always worry about a, a torn pectoral, usually a season-ending injury. But if they can get him back out here for week four, losing him has been a, a big impact on this defense. They have not played well. Uh, we know that's you know, really all three levels have not played well. What, what will they gain if they're able to get Kwiatkowski back out there on Sunday? To kind of get the, the leader of their defense back in a sense. You know, I mean, he's the guy, you know, calling plays and, and making checks uh, up front. 
uh, particularly with how, how much they struggled against the run, against the Patriots, even though the, obviously the Bills are, are a pass first team and have had a lot of success in that avenue. I, I would imagine that moving forward, teams are going to try to take advantage, you know, with him being out. But, you know, getting him back this week, I think something else to watch. And Corey Littleton was was listed on the injury report as limited with a knee injury. And so hopefully they don't end up in a situation where they get Kwiatkowski back and Littleton's out. But if they finally can get that starting, you know, linebacker duo back, you know, maybe they can go back to that four two five base, which I think they'll have, probably have to stick with this week with, with how well the, the Bills do in the passing game. They probably won't be able to use too much 4-3. So if they have those two guys back, they can pretty much ride that out for, for the majority of the game. I think the other positive is that Trayvon Mullins played pretty well this season. So I think he can hopefully take away Stephon Diggs. I know the Bills also have injuries. Uh, John Brown's missing practice, so that's a big loss for them. And he, if he's out, then Nevin Lawson should be able to handle whoever else they have out there on the other side. So I think that's a big matchup for me is Mullins against Diggs. He's got to definitely control that matchup and not let Stephon go nuts. I mean, looking at this matchup with the Bills, I mean, obviously the – the main storyline is going to be going up against Josh Allen, who has looked uh, excellent so far. We all know he's got maybe the strongest arm in the NFL. He's big, strong guy who can move. He can, he can run with a ball. Um, he's a dual threat option. And, uh, you know, I know John Gruden on Wednesday was asked, you know, to have having played Cam Newton last week, does that help? And, you know, he talked about how really the Patriots, they just were throwing a bunch of screens. They weren't attempting the kind of passes that the Raiders are going to see this week where Josh Allen, he's got that vertical game. He's really going to test your secondary. I think there is a benefit to playing Cam Newton the week before because Allen does run a lot of spread option concepts too so you get a little experience practicing against that last week and playing against that last week they didn't really throw the ball downfield and the bills have a lot more speed in their receiving core especially if john brown does play than the patriots but the thing i I noticed about watching josh allen is he's just annihilating man coverage like they run these pick routes get guys open stefan diggs obviously is one of the best route runners in the league and he get open against man coverage too so I think the game plan against Allen is not to be too aggressive and play too much man coverage. You know, sit back in the zone to see if he could make those accurate throws and pick you apart that way. But I would try to limit the big plays with Allen and make him drive the length of the field. Yeah, I think especially with Arnett probably, you know, being out for this game, playing man probably isn't probably going to be on the table, especially against this team. Um, I think, you know, obviously, you know, there's some similarities with, um, you know, Allen having the ability to run. I don't think he's still the whole offense isn't built around his, his kind of running ability, kind of like the Patriots is with, with Cam Newton. I think he's a unique challenge for him just because they haven't really faced a quarterback with that kind of arm talent yet this season. I mean, Bridgewater, Breeze, and, and Newton, none of them can really push the, the ball deep downfield like, like he's been doing this season. So I think these they're going to challenge him, especially with Arnett being out. And so, you know, they got to clean things up from last week. I know it was a, a pretty good week in terms of pass defense. I don't know if that's so much about them getting better, though. I just think it was a matter of the Patriots realizing that they couldn't stop them on the, in the running game, and so they just stopped passing the ball because they didn't need to anymore. It'd be nice if the Raiders got some pressure up the middle. I know uh, Malik Collins has struggled so far, and John Gruden mentioned that he gave him a little pep talk this week. They thought he was trying to do too much, and he thinks he'll be fine. So that would be a key guy for them to actually kind of get off the schneid and along with Kwiatkowski give him two guys they're really counting on uh, when the year started off. Yeah, what do you make of kind of Gruden coming out and basically saying, like, you know, that he did give – Collins a pep talk. You know, Gruden's not usually the type that kind of reveals, you know, conversations he has with guys. And the fact that he mentioned that and said that, you know, Collins is going to play better. Obviously, he kind of spent this 
training camp really kind of putting him out there as the guy that's going to be key to this defense. Kind of take that as a little bit of a issuing a little bit of a challenge there to, to make sure that he can be that guy. He was talking all summer and he's basically been a, a zero on a stat sheet every game. He might have had, you know, one good pressure a game, but that's not good enough for a guy that's supposed to be, you know, one of your premier pass rushers. And yeah, I don't know how much a pep talk's really going to improve his play, you know, because we're talking about a really low level of play and he's not living up to expectations. So we'll see. I mean, if he does, that's one hell of a pep talk. I bet Gruden gives good pep talks. I bet Gruden's good. I bet he gives good pep talks. I mean, I'm sure it's a little bit of humor, a little bit of some bad words mixed in. He gets in your face a little bit. I'm sure he changes it up a little bit and gets you on your toes. So I, I bet it, I bet it's effective. Even at yeah, such a low <laughs> level that you know, he can, he can bring you up out of the dirt. Even if, even if you're so terrible, like Ted says. Yeah. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Well, speaking of pep talks, uh, what do you think the pep talk was like on Tuesday? Obviously, one of the newsy items this week coming out of Vegas was uh, Darren Waller's foundation event uh, on Monday night. And, and Tashawn talked about it last week. He wrote about the event. And obviously everything that goes into that event is is positive. And, you know, you really like every, seeing everything that Darren Waller has done and is doing, to, you know, both to help himself and to try to help the next generation. But unfortunately, the story that ended up 
you know, being the bigger story that came out of that and, and kind of distracted from the good message was that Raiders players were there and, you know, didn't always have their masks on. There was photos and videos and, and whatnot of them mingling with the public, which is not only an NFL no-no. I mean, the, the, the country club there was fined for violating the, the state's COVID-19 protocols. Deshaun, you were there. I mean, just kind of paint us a picture of, of the night and kind of what that was like and, and the team's reaction and response to it. Yeah, so I got there pretty early as I was meeting up with some some people from from the foundation to kind of get a sense of what was going on since I had planned to write about it. So there weren't really many people there. Once guests started to show up, I quickly realized that like, Almost nobody seemed to be wearing their masks. I've written about it on the site, you know, with my personal experience with the virus this year. That really annoys me, like, a lot when I see people doing that in, in public spaces and talking to each other's face and things of that nature. And especially since there were, like, a lot of older people in there, too, which, you know, are, are the most at risk for this thing. But, you know, as Raiders players started to pop up, you, you noticed that they, as well, didn't have on masks, which was pretty surprising because there weren't any temperature checks or requirements to get tested or anything of that nature for all the other guests that were there. Obviously, players get tested every day, but they're exposing themselves to a lot of people that aren't. I will say that most of the time that they were there, there was a private room where Waller and the rest of the players hung out for about an hour or so before he got up on the stage in the ballroom to, to kind of give his welcoming speech for the dinner portion of it. But even while they were in the ballroom, you know, guys, when they were not just sitting at the dinner tables, but, you know, they were walking around without the masks on, interacting with other people. And so I figured, you know, being there that, you know, once the pictures and videos got out, that there would be some kind of reaction. Uh, Gruden, when he spoke to us today, said that last night they kind of had a, a group talk about it to, to clear the air and kind of clear what was, you know, what was going on. Carr came out and basically apologized for it today and said they weren't intending to be reckless or anything of that nature. But I mean, you know, they, they were being pretty reckless in that moment. Obviously, they were there for a good cause, but you still have to be smart about it. You know, all the guys were that were there were at practice today. So, you know, assumedly, you know, none of them had positive tests. So they seem to have, you know, avoided the, the, the potential disaster there. But yeah, it's just another lesson. You know, you, you would think that guys would know by now, given how long this thing has been going on. But I guess sometimes you just need another reminder. I mean, the timing of it is particularly troublesome with there being an outbreak currently. I think nine members of the Tennessee Titans organization having tested positive and uh, their game on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Steelers is going to be pushed back at least one day to, to Monday, possibly Tuesday. I mean, Vic, I mean, what do you think could be the possible ramifications? Um, fines, maybe. I mean, obviously, John Gruden and the organization was already fined once for uh, his not wearing a mask. Um, there was also a report that they're looking into um, a breach of somebody being in the uh in the locker room post game that wasn't supposed to be really the third kind of incident of the Raiders possibly breaking some kind of COVID-19 related protocol this season yeah I can see some fines from the league I know that um, there's some quotes today from the Bills locker room they were upset and they're concerned about what they saw from these reports out of Vegas I was there playing against the Raiders this weekend and they're taking steps so I just think my, my biggest issue you know it's a small issue my small issue today with with both John Gruden and Derek Carr when they, sp- when they talked about this was they didn't, really, they didn't really apologize, which is fine. But both their statements started off with how great they've been dealing with this with this virus. Like, <laughs> we've been doing a great job. I'm like, well, actually, no, you haven't. Because the other night, you were out with, you know, 100 or so people, and you weren't wearing your mask. And I know Derek said they took it off every once in a while. But the photos and videos kind of paint a different story. So I understand these are tough times. Derek mentioned he hasn't had a date with his wife in a long time, and everyone's struggling. But especially in the NFL, when so much is being made of this, you get, you know, a temperature check on your neck every day, you get 
tested every day. These guys got to know better. When they walk into a place and they see no one wearing masks, there's no thermometer check, they got to take a step back and wait, wait, hold on. This is not quite kosher with what we're doing. So I think that it was a misstep. I was not the end of the world. Hopefully no one uh, fails a test in the next couple of days. But um, yeah, I wasn't loving the, uh, the apologies today, but I think they will be fine a little bit. Not much, but I think definitely a, a kind of reminder to the rest of the people in the league that, hey, this is what you do not do. Do not do this. This is a bad example, and please pay attention. So that's my expectations for the rest of the week. All right, well, let's take some questions now. Uh, again, you guys can check out the real-time tab on the Athletic app. If you are not yet an Athletic subscriber, we still have our special deal going on, $1 a month. You can check out theathletic.com slash State of the Nation and get hooked up with that deal. And you can uh, ask us questions here for the podcast. And we'll start with this one from Jeffrey H. I'm not a doom and gloom Raiders fan. Yeah, yeah, um, he is. Right I- there he is. You can tell he is. <laughs> You're lying. You are. But. Oh, yeah. But. Does. I think it's realistic that Paul Gunther is out before the end of the season. How hot is his seat? Marinelli seems obvious for interim slash replacement defensive coordinator. Outside of him, who could be DC next season? How, how hot is Gunther's seat? I mean, three weeks in, you know, we're, we're not... They got him weapons, but then some of them are hurt and... I think there's a little bit of a warm sensation on his bum right now, probably, I think. How about that for painting a picture? But, um... What fire emoji? Obviously, what, what fire you know, emoji? we mentioned no preseason. They have very, one of the youngest secondaries in the league. And Kwiatkowski being the guy with the green dot not being out there is a big deal. So I think you hate to make excuses, but there are some excuses you can use. I think we're going to wait and see how it goes next two, two or three weeks. But, I mean, he'll tell you he thinks he has the pieces. So that right there shows you that he needs better results. He thinks he has enough of a pass rush, enough guys in the secondary to get the job done. So I think he's kind of put the pressure on himself. So if we don't see better results in the next uh, three or four games, then, yeah, I think this will be a major a major issue at, at that point. All he needs is a John Gruden pep talk. That's all he needs. <laughs> well, I'm sure he's gotten some of those. I'm sure, I'm, sure. I'm sure he's gotten some of those already. I also think, like, the – you know, the kind of assumption that Marinelli would be better. I mean, his defensive line hasn't been good at all the first three weeks when it comes to stopping the run or really creating any sort of pass rush. So I don't know why it's all on Gunther there. I want to be an ageist, but Rod, Rod's old. I'm not sure. I mean, that's a job. <laughs> oh. you're I mean, I'm serious. He's. I'm not sure that's the one you want to take on at his age, but that's just more of my two cents. You usually look at uh, a lot of times when we're talking about coordinator changes, coaches changes, anything like that, you a lot of times look at, at the the bye week, how that's structured. Is maybe that a good time? I mean, for the Raiders, they've got the early bye week this year, only five weeks. You know, they have it in week six. So they've got the Bills this Sunday. Then they've got the Chiefs, which if you're talking about your defense needs to uh, pick it up, you've got the, the Bills and Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Then you get your bye. Then you get Tom Brady and the Bucks, And then you get the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield, you know, maybe that's kind of the, around the, the range seven games in after that Browns game, where if you still can't stop opposing defenses and, you know, maybe it's one more week, you get, let them get in eight games, half a season, let them play the chargers. If you get to that point and they're still, you know, giving up 30 points a game, you know, just getting torched constantly. That probably seems like the range late October, early November, where, you start thinking about making a change, but I don't know about this gauntlet of Bills, Chiefs, Buccaneers. If you you know make a final judgment yet during that stretch. So Ted, who's next? Who, who's who's on your list of candidates, Ted? Who, who they bring in? Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips. No, I, I don't think you could bring anybody else from the outside in in this season. Are you talking about next season? Whatever. I mean, when, when are you going to fire him? You, you tell me. Matt Patricia when he gets fired from the Lions. <laughs> 
All right, question here from Greg L. Can we start the hashtag let car drive with the way the defense is playing? Do you think Gruden needs to open up the offense or stick with ball control? I mean, I've said this before. I mean, I think the main reason you ball control is because your defense is bad. You kind of need somebody to throw to 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 open things up. Their top three receivers, Williams, Ruggs, and and Edwards are all out. I mean, obviously Williams is out for the season, but the other two being out for this game most likely – they got away from from the run a little bit too much from my liking last week, so I actually think it would be better for them to pound the football with their compromised receiving core and keep control of the ball. And like you said, give the Bills as, as few opportunities as you possibly can. Yeah, I agree. I think you know, give Josh Jacobs the same amount of touches, and I'd give Devin Booker like 12 touches a game. I think you can pound the ball with him too. He looks good to me, so I think both those guys can give you one of the top running attacks in the league if you really stress that, that part of the game. And the thing with – let Carr cook as Carr has to let himself cook. Hey, there's some opportunities downfield he's just not hitting. So, yeah, I mean, if we want Carr to be more aggressive, he has to take that upon himself, I think. Carr is going to drive, not cook. We oh, let sorry. Cook. My bad. We My let bad. Carr drive. Come on, man. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Alex V wants to know, uh, does injuries have impacted this team pretty hard in the first quarter of the season with IR being three weeks? Are the Raiders interested in any available free agents to bring in to help? Snacks, Harrison, Earl Thomas, anyone? What about trades? Everyone wants to point to Earl Thomas. The Texans brought him in for, I guess, kind of a visit, but I don't think he ended up getting him to work out, and they decided to not sign him. I don't know. What do you guys think? I, mean, I think if you get desperate, I think if he gets to that point, then yeah, sign Earl Thomas because obviously I think the money he probably wants won't be there. But I'll be really worried about him. He to kind of let himself on fire the last few months. I think the Ravens pay a lot of money just to get rid of him. So I think it's a guy I'd really be worried about as far as bringing him in and hoping he clicks. But talent-wise, definitely an upgrade. So I think if, if that's where you're at and you don't really you think you need that kind of a jolt on defense, then he is definitely the guy to do that. There's not much else out there. I don't think he's helping the run game out that much, though. You know, he might make some tackles 10 yards downfield, but the, the real problem with the this defense is uh, the run defense. The guys are just, teams are just running all over them right now. All right, final question here from Benjamin H. I found it strange that Gruden said that John Simpson is the player he was hardest on this summer. Of all the players in the mix, why would Gruden be hardest on a rookie fourth rounder? What do you make of that? He was saying that he, like of the rookies, he was the hardest on them. So like... It wasn't like all players on the Raiders roster. He was saying, like, specifically for rookies, like John Simpson, he's been hardest on him of, like, the ones that he's had in the last few years. I think it was just, like, they kind of have a vision of him being the long-term replacement for somebody like Incognito or even Gabe Jackson, you know, stepping into one of those spots. You know, that could be as soon as, you know, in the next year or so. So um, they need him to be ready for that. And he had a slow start to his career at Clemson. He was coming off the bench, but those last couple of years, he had a lot of success. You know, he was a All-American local player. And so he may, may just want to bring him back down to earth a little bit, you know, kind of reignite that that grind in him and get him to push and work hard so that he can be prepared uh, to step in when they need him, which obviously with the, the incognito injury happened a lot sooner than they would have expected. So that likely ended up paying off for him. And I think a lot of times you're typically hardest on guys that you have think have potential right i mean you don't if you're getting ignored by the coach that's worse than having a coach be really hard on you all right guys let's make predictions before we get out of here uh raiders bills in vegas what do we think Uh, are the raiders going to be three and one are both these teams going to be three and one after this game or are the bills going to be four and oh raiders drop to two and two i'm going to predict a bit of an upset I, i think the raiders can beat the bills i think final score let's say 
31 to 28. I don't think they can beat the Bills with with how banged up they are. I know I kind of said the same thing last week against the Patriots. Um, but I just don't think they, they have enough pieces to get it done, especially with those injuries at wide receiver. I just think the the offense is going to be too limited to keep up with that that Bills attack. I don't think the defense is going to be able to slow down the Bills. And you know, I think they'll have more success offensively than they did last week against the Patriots, uh, just because the Bills, they haven't been that great on defense this year. They have a lot of talent, but um, they've been giving up pretty good amount of points against teams. I know they, the Rams obviously had a good offense last week, but even against lesser offenses, they've been, you know, you're able to score some points against them. So I think they'll do better offensively, but I just don't think the defense is there to slow them down enough to get this win. I'm picking the Raiders. Uh, my, my reasoning is I think the Bills might be in for a little letdown. I think they had that big win last week. That was kind of their big prove it that they're legit. They beat the Rams. That you know, they blew a big lead, came back and won it. Josh Allen's kind of like toast of the country right now. I think they have a game coming up next week against the undefeated Titans. So I think coming across, you know, cross country to Vegas, I'm sure you, you fly in, you see the lights, you get all excited to go to the stadium, and it's it's dead quiet. So big letdown for the Bills. I think the uh, the Raiders get their 34 points again. So I think Raiders 34, uh, Bills 31. You know, I think if the Raiders had their receiving core intact, I'd feel a lot better about, you know, them being able to put up points. And when we saw, you know, the, the comeback the Rams were able to make and, and nearly um, nearly beat the Bills after they took that big lead. But I think without having the, their major weapons at receiver, I mean, we, you know, they're, they're really going up there with a bunch of three and four receiver types. And, you know, you would assume they're going to pound the ball on the ground quite a bit. But I just, uh, until their defense proves that it can stop people for, you know, more than a quarter, quarter and a half, like they did against New England until they can show that they can be a four a four quarter defense. I don't have confidence in them against a, a good quarterback in Josh Allen. So I'll say 31-24 Bills. We're split down the middle, so um we can't make any uh can't make any assumptions about that one although, you know, I know we we all uh last week we all had them losing. The, the week before we all had them losing. So at least uh at least we finally have a couple people uh picking them this week uh I mean, this is a team that still does have a have a winning record, and it's, it's going to be a tough stretch. I mean, they've got to find a way, you know, in these next three games: Bills, Chiefs, Bucks. They're three and three coming out of that in a season where you have seven teams going to the playoffs. Uh, I think three and three out of that stretch, um, you, you'd have to feel pretty good about that. I think you throw a parade for three and three. So yeah, they need one more to get there. I think definitely the schedule definitely plays a lot nicer uh, the rest of the way. But wear masks at that parade. Ah, good point. Wear masks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't have the parade. Leave it alone. Ah, parade. Zoom parade. <laughs> Virtual parade. Zoom parade. There we go. How sad, how sad would a Zoom parade be? That would be the saddest thing I could think of. You just have like balloons floating on one screen. It's like walk around your house and stuff. You go in the backyard. Oh, that's really depressing. We didn't even get into uh, Marcus Mariota. His, uh, He's back. His, his practice windows activated. Deshaun Kaiser is gone. They got rid of Deshaun Kaiser now that they've got Marcus Mariota. Um, yeah, I, I keep kind of forgetting that Mariota's on this team. But they're paying him a lot of money to uh, to have us forget that he's on this team. But we'll see uh, if he can get himself healthy and be available at least as a backup. But uh, I just want to talk to him once. So I just want to, we haven't talked to him since, since he signed. I say I think it's amazing, but hopefully we'll talk to him at some point and find out what exactly happened to his uh, to his pec. Probably it's a freak injury, as John said. So I want to know what what he was doing. What what what, what freakishly happened. <laughs> No, I think it's I think it's best if like we continue to forget he's like if he like if something happens to Carr like uh, this team is is gonna be in big trouble. Like I know like the summer it was like Mario is gonna push him, but like from what me and uh, Vic I think we agree like what we saw in training camp, 
it just needs a stick with car. Just, just keep it. Yeah, well, it wasn't good. But again, it could be the freakish peck thing. So who pack, knows? Man. I want to. I want to find out what happened to the peck. Maybe it's benching. Maybe it's like benching like five hundred pounds or something. That's a good story. I want to hear that story. See, these are all good things I want to hear. I, I just can't wait till that Zoom call with Vic's just like Marcus. Tell me about the peck. I just need to know about the peck. First question. I'll raise my hand. I'll be oohing and on. I, I want to know. What happened to your peck? What freakish thing were you doing that, that injured your peck? All right, enough Marcus Mariota. We are going to get ready for Bills and Raiders on Sunday. We'll be back with a post-game show. Obviously, tune in then. Uh, for subscribers, you'll get the post-game show that night. So if you haven't subscribed yet, check it out. $1 a month if you go to theathletic.com slash state of the nation. Take advantage of that deal while it is still alive. And uh, we'll talk to you again on Sunday. Talk to you guys later. Adios. I think there's a little bit of a warm sensation on his bum right now, probably, I think. (laughs) 